I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> very special episode of the Literate Apecast. It's very special because we have a new development in the, I, I don't know what to call it, the, the Don Hall third marriage disillusion from hell. I would call it the third, this is the fifth chapter of the book that I'm writing called I Didn't Marry a Prostitute, but I Ended Up Divorcing One. The fifth chapter? Yeah, well, because I'm worried. Trust me, I am now aggressively adding to this book. This will be published. It will not be self-published. This is going to be published. It's now getting some serious. You know, I wrote I wrote the short stories during the sort of like what the fuck. Yeah. Oh, I got I got some I got some serious stuff that I'm really working on, and uh, and I've got a press that's interested in it. So it the so yes, I call this the fifth chapter. So we have discussed this, and you, you have written about it extensively. Um, yeah, as we've discussed it extensively, I think that there was no stone unturned, no feeling left unpoked, no um, no admittance from you of how you feel. And, and uh, you know, we, we've covered a lot of ground on this. You've been very open about what's, what's happened here. That's what I do. We've said, you know, and you putting it out there... Um, putting your stories out there really opened up opportunity for for to write her side of the story. I would have because loved when, to have seen that. When this first went down, you know, my, my initial reaction was, well, she's still going to write for the ape. And you said, yeah, she's a brilliant writer. This has nothing to do with that. And I... Can like, I back... Uh, I ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have to back. I'm going to back you up because your initial reaction was not she's going to continue to write for the ape. Your initial reaction was the same reaction as almost everyone, which was she's got to go. And I said no. She was never my. She was never writing for the right, ape because she right. was my wife. She was always writing for. And we talked about it. And you went, okay, that's a good point. But it would. No, it's. Fair, I was the only heart, one that was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, we're gonna let her keep writing. I mean, that pissed my mom and my sister and you and Joe. I mean, everybody was like, no fucking way. Why are you doing this to yourself? And the answer is, yeah, because. I'm that guy that says, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the higher road because I can fucking take it. I mean, that's just my pathology. Yeah, and I, you know, and this this is gonna come back to this new development in a moment. You know, where if 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 the 
the marriage had just been irreconcilable differences. You guys were together for seven and a half years. Shit just didn't work out. And you both decided, like, it's best we go our separate ways. Even this, if even if she it, <laughs> even if the marriage had gone a more a more tawdry but pretty common route, yeah. which in the first blush was I'm fucking a dude for the last three years. He's my boyfriend since we came to Vegas, and I don't want to leave him. And there's this third person in the picture. Okay, let's get divorced. I mean, yeah. you know, if if it had just been that, it would have been you know it would have been yeah. sorted and tawdry, but but really pretty common in in sort of the the divorce pantheon. It's like I found somebody else. I don't I, know, man. I had an, an affair aff- for three I had years. An aff- well, no, there are people who've had affairs for decades. I mean, it's like I had an affair. I mean, FDR, yeah, okay. FDR had an affair. Well, it's not okay, but it's common. But they were both okay and, with and, that, and, and so they it's, both it's knew usual. This was. Well, let's just get into the development. The new development is that... He's written a piece. That you folks will never read. Um, the thing about it was, and this was uh, last week, um, I, she hasn't really written much um, no, I think she since one all thing this came down. Since it came down. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I was fine with that because, you know, I, I ran from Vegas and I came to Kansas and I've been spinning here like a fucking broken wheel on a tricycle. And, (laughs) and, uh, so not having that like punch me in the face on a regular basis has been really good for me. But then all of a sudden I see that she's written a piece and, and I went, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm, of course I'm going to read it, you know, and cause you know, there's the editing thing and I'm, completely fascinated to see what she's got to say. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a love letter to the guy she's, you know, and we don't know, and she doesn't want anybody to know, but the, the guy she hooked up with for the summer with the idea, like the first part of it is basically my love. We've, we've had this, this, a wonderful, amazing summer. And now we're going into the fall and you know, Oh, you're the best. You're the most amazing man I've ever, you know, what on and on and on. Yeah. But, and but then the second, then the second part, the it, second it, third it takes talks about, yeah. it talks about really how, since she was 14, she's been shitty <laughs> to every partner she's ever had. Um, and, and, and how, how, you know, she she basically lays it on her mother's doorstep to say that when she fell in love with a kid when she was 14 and she said she loved him, <laughs> her mother said, I don't care. And that spun out of control and made her the monster she became. And Which I'm just... Which makes no sense to me. Like, I, I am all for... I, shit, man. I've written about it. We've talked about it. I'm all for adults doing things to us as kids and holding on to that. Be like, that was a pivotal moment. Fuck you. I'm... You know, you made me the monster I am. I... I'm 100%. It's what makes me so I, like regretful on a minute by minute basis as a dad. Cause I'm like, is yeah. this, is this the pivotal moment that Harry and Jacob is this that moment? Yeah. I, I destroy him. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and she explains that her mom, what was it that like she and the boy, like they weren't allowed to see each other anymore or something. And like, but I she loved was, him and her mom was like, I don't care. And, 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 Interpretation Which is a fucked up thing for a 14-year-old. Like, that's infuriating. Fuck you, mom. Like, you rebel well, against that. I 100% understand that. 
let's be honest. Why does that make you I, so shitty? Yeah. To well, the other anyway, people, so make you shitty to your mom. This, yeah, the second third is basically that. They're like, this is why, and I don't want to be this way. Well, she actually doesn't even say, I don't want to be this way anymore. She just says, this is the reality. And then the last part of it is uh, uh, like, you know, all right, my love, you know, I hope you believe in me because I believe in you. And, you know. But it's not just her love currently. She's talking about all of her past loves. Well, she talks about that in the second thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the thing about it is what I thought was funny, and this is what I'll, it, it was funny, and I think it, a lot of it has to do with, um, and then we can get into why why we ultimately didn't publish it, but the thing I thought was interesting is that I read this thing, and yeah, it was like, it was just like a punch in the fucking nuts. It was like, oh my God. And of course I read it multiple times because I was trying to figure out why. Hmm. If she's writing a love letter to her new beau, her new mark, whatever you want to call it, why would she want to put it on like the litter day? Well, why would know she why. want to put Come a on. love? Well, that's the thing is I was trying no. to figure out that's, if she was trying to say answer. something and what. And There's and, several answers to that. I mean, the first one is yeah. writers write, writers publish. The second yeah, thing yeah. is we live in a time today where. If you don't say happy anniversary to your wife on Facebook, then you must not love your wife and you probably forgot your anniversary. Like a card to your wife or a love letter to your wife. You know, there's all that bullshit. Um, And third, she published it or she she gave it to us because, you know, this is her side of the story now. This well, is it's her, the thing is, the is thing her, is, it's her, actually her time to tell uh, her, it's her actually side of it. not. It's actually not her, and I actually wrote a response piece. Uh, I kind of went into a fever pitch because I lost my shit. Yeah, you went red. And, uh, yeah, or you, went, yeah, you I saw went, red, you went green. You went full Hulk. Yeah. I went full Hulk. And uh, what I wrote about the piece is I said, it reads like a justification without admission, a lens into her personal love life absent a confession, a shot at me, I think I was sort of hoping she regretted it all. Instead, it's a missive of pretend regret, as if she asked herself, what would someone with feelings and emotions write? And my hint is, a person with feelings and emotions would not write a love letter to her newest mark to be posted on her ex-husband's magazine. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there is some regret in there. This is what I thought was interesting about the piece. I don't. Is, I don't think well, there's an ounce of know, regret in there. I, I think it's don't. all pretend. Well, you bought... The thing is, that was one of the things... And I'm, I'll let you talk about it. He says this. One of the things I thought was really interesting is you... Because I've been falling for it for seven and a half years. Like, intimately falling for yeah. the, the the bullshit, the lies, the, the, the pretend person that she pretends to be that has emotions and feelings... You haven't had that experience very often. What I think is fascinating, and this is what I think is fascinating, is that you know all the lies she's told. You and I have had that conversation, how you just don't know how you could possibly have a conversation with her because she lies so much. You wouldn't know what she was doing. And yet, this piece manipulated you enough for you to go, I think she's a bit remorseful. And I said, when we talked about it, I don't well, read any remorse in this. I because I think it's all bullshit. I think it is. I think it is all pretend, pretend regret. It and I'm, and I'm not looking for an apology. I don't give a shit. But it's pretend regret from somebody. And one of the things that I and I gotta let you talk. But one of the things I think is fascinating is is in the last six months I have gone back 
and read a lot of what she writes. And she's a very good writer, but one of the things that I kind of, and knowing what I know about her now, I realized it's not that she's a really good poet. It's that she is a really good mimic of other better poets because all of her Mm. poems feel like they're great poems until you realize that what she's actually saying is without substance. It's pretty, it's well-written, but it's but other i mean poetry is supposed to move you in some way it's supposed to it's supposed to evoke a certain emotion and 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 you read her poems you go that reminds me of this poet you know i see where she's going with this but if you really read into it it's like somebody mimicking what poetry's supposed to sound like and she's just so goddamn good at it that i didn't see that before Let's go ahead i mean she, she is good and and like every other thing i've ever read from her she paints a beautiful picture with the words. She's a great writer. Mimic, whatever. That's the job. Yeah. She does it well. Oh, I don't I don't take that away from her. I just don't the, th- I think it's empty and devoid of any kind of authenticity or emotion. What did I say to you the other day? Uh that the, the remorse, the regret that she feels, it's it is positioned in a very uh um not a middle way, a very political a diplomatic way where she's not it, it's it's very bill clinton why well, didn't inhale you know like i smoked it but i didn't really i didn't really smoke it because she talks about she she talks about um you know all the loves of her life and she treated him bad but look maybe this is what her ex-husband meant when he said toward the end of our marriage grow up which is like acknowledging. No, you. she didn't. She, by the way, she didn't say. And these are the words that bother me. She didn't say her ex-husband. She said my then husband. husband. That's an interesting choice of words. Now that you say it like that, that is. See, but yeah, you know what? That's the difference between a beautiful poet and a journalist. A journalist would write X. A beautiful poet writes then my then husband. Yeah. So yes, that. And that's the allure. That's the magic. That is the siren it's, song. And, that is the siren dude, song. Dude, here's another thing I wrote. And I, uh, this, this is the well, thing but that hang I... On, hang on. I, I, hang okay, on, go because, ahead. Because the remorse thing, because she acknowledges her then-husband saying this to her. And she's like, so maybe th- this is what he meant. So she's acknowledging, you know, whether she actually... It's really All she not, acknowledges... No, all she acknowledges is that I told her to grow up. She doesn't acknowledge that she, she needed does. to. She doesn't no, she doesn't acknowledge that she needed to. She doesn't acknowledge. And more importantly, there's a difference. I'm I'm just just to, just a nitpick. There is a difference between I have been emotionally unavailable hiding from my all these 7 or 8 9 10 whatever lovers that I've had including my then husband. I've just been a, a shit partner um and actually saying um, not Hardly. only am I bad, I'm a horrible person. And I was, and I, and, and, and I lied to the one person that actually married me, that loved me unconditionally, that took all my bullshit with stride, that was kind to me and supportive of me. And I decided that the best course of action that I could go with is to not only get a boyfriend, but to become a fucking prostitute in Las Vegas for two and a half years and lie about it the entire time, lie to her friends, lie to my friends, lie to her family, lie to my family. 
And and I find so so that the thing is, I think somewhere in her mind, it's just no big deal. I think the it fact that no we were deal. married seven and a half, to get it's to. just no this... fucking big deal. I don't think there's remorse <laughs> when you don't think it's get... any big well, deal. No. It's not remorse. But this is what I'm trying to get to. Is she says toward the end, my then husband, beautiful, was starting to say to me, "Grow up a lot." <laughs> I'd like to think this is what he meant. Fast forward. Um, but read it. But wait, she doesn't answer the question. Hang she on. She doesn't answer the question. But she then, moves past that. But then she, because she set it all up about how she needs to be better. She and now she's on good terms with her mom. She gets to it, and then she says, "But you'll pardon me. I'd like to go listen to my favorite Father John Misty song. Also, Father John Misty, not good. Uh, not good. Cry a little out of sheer gratitude and healing, and thinking of holding you, talking to this new lover, holding my true lovers all as they tried once and now." in my mind again, to hold me. So here's what's fucked up about that. This is where I go back to your green Hulk rage, is she's acknowledging like, yeah, I've, I fucked up and I'm sorry, but I'm not. Because hey, it's okay. Because now in my mind and in my heart, I'm holding you guys, all of you, all of you people, all of you men that I shit on and were so shitty to, now I'm holding you like you wanted me to back then. It is a manipulation, and it is, but it's the remorse. Oh, yeah. The remorse that she has fills a kiddie pool, a drained kiddie pool. Like, that is the amount of remorse that she has. It's it's there, but it is not useful well, in any sort of effective way. And I did, the I, thing, it, it well, is, it is manipulation, left... because I had a girlfriend try this with me once, too. When we were breaking up, Okay, I remember being on the phone with her. Um, she worked at the radio station with me and I was like, I remember, was I going, I was in the radio station parking lot. I don't remember if I was like going into it or leaving it, but I was on the phone with her fighting and I remember her saying, David, what do you even want from me? And I said, 23 years old. I said, yeah. of course I said this. Jesus fucking Christ. I just want you to love me. Oh God. <laughs> I know. And no, and, see, and wait, dude, but you know what she dude, did? Do you know what she that's did? That's the guy I've been at I know. In, in my 50s. That's the guy I became. But she, she laughed at me. She fucking outright laughed at me because that's an absurd, maybe it's not an absurd request, but at the time it was kind of an absurd request. Fast forward a couple of years when she was, we hadn't talked in a while, like what, like, Bygones are bygones. Water under the troubled bridge, whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah, whatever. Water under sure. the troubled bridge, Kawhi, I think is the statement. I um, think that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Alan Guinness is in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Alan Guinness starring Art, Art Garfunkel as Alec Guinness in Bridge Over the Troubled River, Kawhi. And then, and then, and it's David Himmel. It's David Himmel Jesus. marching down Chicago Avenue, whistling that fucking song. Yeah. Oh my God, that was a fucking stretch to get there. Um, but yeah, you know. So anyway, whatever. Water under the bridge, and she called me one one year, and was basically like, "Look, I still think of you so fondly," and blah blah blah, and all this like great, wonderful shit that I wanted to hear when we were breaking up. Not fucking eight years later. I don't need it. Eight years. I mean, like, thanks. I guess I won that relationship. But no, fuck you. Like, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't well, I, remove know, all the the bad shit that that you put me through. 
Yeah. Well, and it's and again, this is it because because I get the fact, you know, that well, all I want you to do is love me. Um, it's an interesting thing because I've thought about it's just fucking pathetic. But dude, I know I did that. Yeah. I I did that shit in my late forties and early fifties, and, and I've been, I've thought a lot about this. It's like it's like the woulda, shoulda, coulda. You know, what could I have done? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, for a while, it was what could I have done differently that would have salvaged this situation? And then on another level, it was like, what could I have done to get out of this situation before it became what it became? And I thought I thought about two moments and talk about like literally cutting my fucking nutsack off <laughs> and and just putting it in a goddamn mason jar and like running it over and then incinerating my nuts First one was probably we'd been, we were engaged because we got engaged like overnight and then probably a month, month and a half. I think it was uh, around the time that we went and got the the wedding rings. Anyway, um, we're driving in the car. We'd gone to a bar. We'd had a few drinks. This was before I realized that she could drink like an excessive amount and still be completely coherent. Yeah. You know, that's not how most, I didn't know this at that time. But we're driving in, this was in my, yeah, we're driving in my silver Prius in Chicago. It's raining, I don't know. But all of a sudden, she just hit, just out of nowhere. It's not like we were having a discussion. We were just driving home. Yeah. You know, and she'd had more to drink than I had. So we're just quiet and we're just driving home. And all of a sudden, she hits the dashboard and she says, oh, my fucking God, you're old, you're fat, your teeth are terrible. What am I doing? And like, this has got to be a month, month and a half. Okay, any normal person would have pulled the fucking car over and said, what's your fucking problem? But you know what I did? Yeah. You know what I did? You apologize. I just want you to love I just want you to love me. I got, I pull, I, I got us home. I was hurt. I didn't get mad. I just was like, I don't understand why you'd say those things. I mean, that was me. Captain, get it done, fucking right. All right, the second one, the second one that is just like really present in my mind because there are tons of moments, but these are the ones that are like in the early days that I either should have said something, done something, said this is unacceptable, whatever. But she did that kind of shit throughout our entire marriage where she just burst out and insult me in the most bizarre way. But, uh, you know, I got used to it. I got used to it. Second one. Yeah. We, so it's Joe and I, and he'll remember this, but Joe and I, and and uh, the night before we flew to Vegas to get married, and mm-hmm. that night her friend, her friend, her bridesmaid was sleeping on the couch. So she and I were in the bedroom, like on the floor, because you know there was just no everybody was sleeping in our house because we were leaving early for the airport, and we fucked. And apparently, I gave her a hickey. I didn't try. It was like I was attempting to, but it was just it was a fucking hickey. Who gives a shit? So we get to the airport. She sees the hickey in the mirror. And I mean, talk about an overreaction to a fucking hickey. It was like, it was like I had fucking branded her for fucking life. Like I had, you know, and so she loses her shit. I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden she disappears. We're in the airport. We've gone through check-in and she's just gone and she won't answer her phone. She's not texting back. So I sit and we're there two hours early from the flight because we didn't want to miss the flight. And I sit there with Joe for almost two hours, wondering if she's coming back, not knowing where she's at. And I'm the whole time, instead of going, what the fuck is this shit? I'm going, oh no, what's happening? Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh. And then she shows up, doesn't say a word to me. We get on the plane and somewhere probably in that first 40 minutes of flight, 
We're just sitting quietly. She's not talking to me. And I look over at her and I go, are, are we still getting married? Uh-huh. And she said, of course. And it was like, and this is what I wrote. This, I just want to, I just want to, cause I'm, yeah, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to publish this or not, but I will read it. Okay. So I'm talking, I've got two sides of how I feel about both this divorce and the marriage at large. I'll confess that I'm proud of myself on some level. The stories of men whose wives betrayed them with only one side piece, let alone hundreds of men who paid for the catalog of hands jobs, blow jobs, and hotel threesomes going ballistic are practically a trope. I kept my shit under control. I didn't kick her out of the apartment. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't break shit or threaten her physically. I didn't go out and find her fucking loser boyfriend and beat him with a tire iron. I let her find a place, and then I I slept on the couch while she went to go find a place. I helped her move her stuff to the apartment 25 feet from my door and shared a beer with her to get her out of the incident, get out without incident. I was the fucking model of someone who has been really brutally and almost comically absurdly betrayed. I will likewise confide that I'm overwhelmingly humiliated by this behavior. What self-respecting human being puts up with this without at least drawing a few lines in the sand? What kind of sad, gleefully manipulated emasculation billboard endures this sort of absurdity? As Rocky Balboa finally breaks it down to Adrian, I'm scared. Is that what you want me to say? There it is. I'm scared of losing what I got. And so on one hand, I feel very proud of myself for being a good, like not losing, not becoming the guy that like smashes a hammer into Pelosi's skull. Cause that's what most of those guys do when they just lose their shit. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm fucking really embarrassed. And that if, the, if there's anything that's been sort of hard about sharing it with you, sharing it on the Apecast, sharing it in writing is that this is a fucking humiliation. The person I became the, the fucking broke dick dog of acquiescing <laughs> all of her bullshit unconditionally is embarrassing that that's who I became. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it, that's been my journey. Yeah. So why didn't we run this? I mean, we, we decided that, you know, she would write back and like it would engage. She, she would maybe tell her side of the story and you were open to that and fine with that. And so she does to a, de- a degree. You know, well, I called, I called you and I said, holy shit. And you read it and your first reaction on, on literally, I mean, I've got you, you and I texted mountains of shit, your literal first reaction to this piece. Why are we running this? Mm-hmm. Why are we giving her an outlet? This isn't ir- irreconcilable differences. This, this is she lied and beat you down, and now she uses your platform to share her voice. Nah, man, it can't ba- be that easy for her. That yeah. was your first reaction, and my first reaction was, I, I don't know if if we're gonna run it, but I started. I'm and you know, one of the things about the piece, and again, I don't know if I'm gonna run it or not, but one of the things that I I, I realized was. There was a moment, and and I, I I actually this is the beginning of the the fucking piece. There's a moment in every Rocky movie, and you know how much I fucking love those mm-hmm. Rocky movies. When Balboa is getting his ass beaten in the ring, every movie has the same moment. Everyone can see he's losing the fight. Everyone he knows he's not. Lo- he's just getting the shit kicked. He's practically dead on his feet, and then something shifts. 
that one punch that turns around. And in Rocky three, it is crystallized in the phrase, he's getting killed, barks out Apollo to Polly. And Polly says, no, 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 no. He's not getting killed. He's getting Get mad. Stick it. Yeah. And Rocky gets pissed off. He starts to walk. Come on, you ain't so bad. Knock me out. And then he takes more abuse, but he his rage fuels something almost supernatural. And then he beats the living shit out of his opponent. Now I've had two moments with where that happened, where that moment happened to me. Mm-hmm. You were, you and I were kind of perpetually back and forth the first time. What because the first time was when we, well, we went to get, we were going to get divorced. We yeah. were going to divorce court. I had known about this, all of this shit for about a week. Mm-hmm. I was still reeling and we were going, we'd filled out all the paperwork she was going to pay. We had an appointment to go to the court. Um, our, our friend Kelly was going to come as the witness. And that morning, I, I cried in the shower and I, I couldn't stop my hands shaking. I mean, I was close to collapsing. I was just, I didn't know how to handle this shit. And it occurred to me while I was in the shower to go to. And say, um, I think you should ride with Kelly. Mainly because my brain was like, when this is over, I think I can keep my shit together driving up there. Mm-hmm. But when this is over, the idea that I would fucking completely break down and and ball like like the the ugly kind of cry, you know, where your yeah. face just looked like shit and you're snotting everywhere while she's sitting inches from me in a car was not a good idea. And yeah. so I said to her, I said, "Yeah, I think I think I want to drive by myself. Why don't you ride with Kelly?" And she immediately got pissed. Like, this was not her plan. Why the fuck would you want to do this? That's stupid. And she's, you know, just a petulant shit. And it was one of the very few times where I kind of did draw a line in the sand, where I actually had a background. I said, no, seriously, you're, you have a choice. You're either riding with Kelly or you're walking because you're not riding with me because that's just not going to work for me. Yeah. And so, so I got there early. And I remember, I didn't know, I was like, I'm waiting for them. I'm standing outside the courthouse. I'm looking at people inside the courthouse. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get a laugh out of this. So I texted you. I'm at the courthouse, and there are a lot of now recently divorced available women who are looking pretty hot. Then <laughs> you laughed, and you were like, "Hey, we'll hit some of that kind of stuff." I said, "I would, except I don't know who to trust. I think probably half of them are either prostitutes or have a dick." And you laughed. <laughs> About that time. <laughs> Kelly drive up. I'm trying to kind of just get through this. Well, we get there. And is a horror show. She is impatient. She's put out. She's annoyed. You know, just that, well, yeah, that I'm not this is the most complicated breakup she's ever had to go through. Yeah, and she's just such a she's and so and it's no more I, than a what breakup it, to her. What this it did di- dilu- yeah. dissolution of a marriage or di- dilution. no exactly dissolution dissolution? Um, dissolution. But the thing about it is, I didn't know that at the time. All I knew was she was being so shitty, and yeah. I was so filled with grief. And it did. It was that rocky moment where I was like, "Fuck 
you. And I stood up and I was like, all right, let's fucking get through. And then I was like, fuck off, do what you got to go sit wherever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. I'm going to go smoke. Boom. We got done. And I was so angry. I was so angry that when I got in the car to drive home, not a tear was shed. I rolled the window down. I put on some fucking Van Halen. I was like, fuck you. And I got home and I looked at her and I said, this is going to sound weird, but I wanted to thank you. And she said, for what? I said, for being such an outrageous cunt today. (laughs) Because it saved me from losing my shit. That's the first moment. Reading this thing, reading this thing she wrote was the second moment. And we talked about this thing. We talked about whether to do it or not at at the end. And and we went back and forth all day long. We went back and forth. It was... um, because I followed up my first response with, it does make for good literative gossip and maybe that, they'll sell yeah. books. I mean, because this is kind of what we discussed is like having this dual, this this dialogue of yeah. the he said, she said, but directly from the horse's mouth. Well, it's not See an honest dialogue if she's well, not actually going to admit to anything. If she's not going to actually confess to doing anything to wrong, me, she's not. it's not a dialogue. It's I, like therapy I had with my second ex-wife where she lied to the therapist's face about sleeping with somebody, and the therapist thought I was right. nuts. So now right. I'm not getting into a, a dishonest think, conversation. And I think now, after a day, like I've, I've convinced myself that I think we should run this, and then that's it. Because... We did invite this. No, you no, did I'm not going to run it because you, you wanted happen. to keep her on. You wanted to keep her on. You wrote, you aired everything, and but it's ultimately, it's your heart, you know. And to have this be out there, I mean, that, I think that that's harder for you. And I think she we, can write we, anything she wants, but not a fucking love letter to her summer fling. I don't give a fuck what she writes. Well, Don, but apparently first this of all, her summer fling. Apparently she's been with this guy for three, coming up on four years now. Well, if it's that, I don't think it's the same guy. She told me. She told me when I said, why don't you move in with this guy, this band, this guy you're fucking for three years. And she said, oh, he's no big deal. He's just the springboard for something amazing. Those were her words to me. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, she's good with the and, words, man. She's good. For and I looked or, at her and I said, "For goodwill." Yeah, and yeah. I and when she said that, I looked at her and I said, "Do you realize there's a human being oh, sitting yeah, here right. that you said that, that yeah. to?" I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, you callous bitch. So I, anyway, I, I'm not. This is the thing. You and I had agreed after back and forth, and it was back and forth that we were going to run it, and that I wasn't going to respond, and that you know, I I was like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to respond. I'm I'm so angry right now. If I don't punch back that it's just another example of her punching me and me accepting it. And then I sat here during the day and I was, I was, I was sick to my stomach. I just, I'm so angry about it. I'm so ready to fucking just, yeah, it's like, no. And I I thought about it and I thought about it and I was like, no, fuck you. Because what her plan is, is to do what she's expecting from me, what she always did, which is she's going to do this. She's going to tell me all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in the car, you're fat, you're ugly, you're old. What the fuck am I doing? And I'm going to take it. I'm going to accept it and justify it as, well, I don't know. She's going to disappear at the fucking airport for two hours before we're supposed to fly to get married. And I'm just going to go, yeah, I'm big enough to take it. And in this moment, I went... 
I did. I, I, I was sitting in here and just kind of stewing. And I didn't even ask you. I just went and I emailed both of you mm-hmm. and basically said, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to run this. Which, which fuck you, you know? for that. I love what you said. Yeah. You're like, if you haven't, like, well, here's why we're not going to run it. David, I discussed it. If you have any questions or whatever, uh, feel free to contact what I, David. <laughs> and I wrote you back and I was like, contact yeah. David, why are you mad at me? I don't want to deal with this shit. Like, That's exactly what you said. You were like, uh, <laughs> what the I, mean, fuck? Why is uh, I gotta read what you said. Because, yeah, because yeah, what I, what I, what I wrote. It's my, it's, of course it's yeah. for me. I, I, I Your will be reaction was like, fine. I said, sorry I pulled the trigger on her piece, but it's been making me sick all day. I see no positive benefit to publishing it, and doing so just reinforces the broke dick dog acqui- broke dick dog acquiescence to her bullshit yet one more time. Better to toss it than publish and feel like a whipping post for another day. And then you read the email, and then you said, feel free to contact David. Why are you mad at me? <laughs> ha ha ha. Fucking hell. Hi, David. Can you tell me more why you and Don decided not to run my piece? David, see your marriage. Feel free to contact David and then a long string of haws. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like. I just didn't. And she didn't I mean, contact I, me. You, she contacted this, me. She got back to me. You know, this, this is the, uh, like the true journalist in me battling the fuck her no way but we did keep her on staff quote unquote you know right Uh, and we did don did invite this by putting it out there but also no like again if it was a story if it was a fiction about whatever you're i I don't agree with your circles i know i I don't agree with your perspective that i invited this by putting it out there because i will tell you no 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 i don't think so at all and this is what i'll say is this was this is, and I, you know, the day the day she the day after she laid it on me that she was a prostitute that she had thirty five regular clients that she'd been using the phone I bought for her and was paying for the phone bill to contact in private clients to fuck and get money for she you know the day after she looks at me and there are two things she says that were just very funny. Um, Actually, there were th- three things that were said while we're sitting. I'm sitting on the porch, and I really, I, I was, I was reeling. I just couldn't. I felt like I was on another fucking planet. I, I mean, I really yeah. had no idea what was coming yeah. and going. But she said she, she's laying on the couch. She goes, "Ah, oh, doesn't it feel good not to be hiding anymore?" And I sat there and looked at her. And I went, "I wouldn't fucking know. I haven't been hiding from anything." Yeah. And so then there was that moment. The second moment was. <sighs> I, Fuck, I instantly started sense of, I, I instant well, I instantly started smoking cigarettes again and running through her brain. And she looks at me and she says, uh, she says, Oh, so you're gonna smoke cigarettes again? I said, Yeah, I'm gonna smoke cigarettes again, but it's not as many cocks as you smoked, so just back off. Nice. I was getting you know, that was a good one. And then the third one, and this goes to the <laughs> heart of the you feeling like I <laughs> trying yes. to suck any dicks in the parking lot, and then the dude follows yeah. her out there. <laughs> yeah. So, so the third thing she says, and this goes to the heart of me inviting it was, I look at her and I said, I said, uh, I said, yeah, you got to tell your family. I'm not going to tell your family, but I can't keep this a secret. And she, and earnestly and irritated, oh, her belittling way. She said, I've kept it a secret two and a half years. I think you can manage. And here's the thing. 
I didn't out her. I told my fucking story. It wasn't about That's, her. And when it, I never yeah. used her name in anything that I wrote. I always said my third ex-wife. Now, if you know me, then you know who she is. But I never used her name. There was no doxing. There was no, like, I'm trying to out her to anybody that doesn't know her. Yeah, right, that, right. You know, and, and the thing about it is, and that's the thing that I'll say is, by telling my experience, I'm not, that, that has nothing to do with her. For the same reason that her fucking hundreds of men for two and a half years apparently had nothing to do with me. So I don't think I invited a he said, she said. I said, this is my reality. This is what I'm going through. This is what happened to me. Didn't have anything to do with her. I didn't speculate on anything that I wrote of why she did it. I didn't, you know, I didn't know enough information because I didn't want. But this is what's happening to me. That is not an invitation for a love letter or even an admission. If she wants to apologize, if she wants to, then she can do that in private because God damn it. She did something that was, it, it, I mean, I, I can say it's the worst fucking thing anyone I've ever known. My worst enemies have not done this damage. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that we were talking about yesterday is as we were going back and forth and I was still in favor of not running it. You, you were in favor of running it. I was, I was, I, I was I said, really on the fence. I said, uh, this is from, from a text message that I say. We, we talked about her responding to all you've told, to your side of the story. We bet on her writing and people reading it. It makes for good fodder. And this is what I was pushing against. Having to read about her happy life free of the tangles of marriage, her life still completely intact. Because to her, her life is fucking fine. She's living in Vegas. She just doesn't have well, to deal with yeah. the fat Here's old the, guy the with bad is, teeth and, or something. And I, th this, this is the thing is, this is the thing I agree with you. If she were going to write honestly about her experience, then I would welcome it. If all of a sudden she could have came up with a piece that said, I'm a prostitute. This is what I do for a living. It's illegal in Nevada, but God damn it, I'm doing it anyway. And here are my stories of number one, why I'm a prostitute, why I think it's okay that I fucked on over. That would be honest. But this well, this piece was not honest. Uh, it was bullshit. It was manipulation. It was pretend regret. I don't buy a fucking word of what she has to say. And her response to me emailing her and saying, we're not going to do it, really, it, that was when I was like, I hope that, that you, was... I hope that you, David, see what I saw before, which is there is no regret. There yeah. is no remorse. So, and when you see, yeah. It, it's, it's, and as we're talking about it again, like, I go back and forth, which is going to bring me to another point at the end of this. Um, you know, one of the reasons I was saying that we shouldn't run this is because it's not like things just went south. You know, like my ex-girlfriend, I like, let's take, you know, uh, Carolyn, the one who I cried in the parking lot and said, I just want you to love me. And she laughed, you know, mm -hmm. but like it, like our relationship ended. It was, it was a bad time. Obviously at the end, it was a bad time. That's why it's, you know, there's that great line in the, the classic, uh, movie cocktail where Brian and Bonnie are breaking up <laughs> after he, <coughs> after the art show where he <laughs> beats up the guy, he beats up the artist, kicks him in the butt. <coughs> yep. So fucking great. Pushes him into his own thing and kicks him in the butt. And they're outside and Bonnie says, Brian, I don't want it to end this way. And Brian says, Jesus, Bonnie, all things end badly. Otherwise, they wouldn't end. I've got some interviews set up for tomorrow. Get it! I am not a salesman. I tried to sell out to you, but I couldn't close the deal. 
please. I don't want to end it this way. Jesus, everything ends badly. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. Which is... Like, come on, man. That's fucking brilliance. Okay. That All movie right. is... Fu- that movie speaks to us. That movie speaks to the human condition. So, you know, Carolyn... Um, you know, like, things went, went bad for us. And we broke up. And it... You know... To my knowledge... Carolyn... Or I, I mean, we, like nothing we did was deceptive or illicit. For you. It's just like things, sometimes things just don't work out. People change. Things happen that cause people to react in certain ways that breaks up the honeymoon or the wonderful thing. But... Had no respect or even an ounce of humanity with all of this, with your marriage and with, no. and with, the, with the breakup. And this, this was all a game to her. This was just a, like a thing. Yeah. She actively did things. She actively yeah. did things that were not remotely in the interest of the relationship. She outright lied for years. And that... Two and a half fucking years, man. And that... And not and just she to didn't, you. Oh, to everybody. To everyone. And, and the that's thing like, I think and is... And that's what's such a bummer to it's me. It's not like, like she needed... She didn't she, email it, me she, back. Like when, when, she, when you... You emailed her and said, this is why we're, we're pulling it, which I thought yeah, was a very she nice thing for you to me. do. And then you texted me. You're like, oh, you know, her email said that. I'm like, what? I didn't get the emails. She took me off of it, which I thought was curious. Because yep. she does say I like, oh. I thought it was oh, interesting as well. You know, and, and like, that's fine. It, it's, it, you know, it's ultimately between the two of you, I guess. But it, it, we're talking about professional shit here it, in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, I... Yeah, well, I, it, I, I, it's kind of a thing. It's tricky. It's tricky. And like, I were friends and it fucking sucks. Like there's, I, I, like, I, 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 I missed. Like, I, it feels weird saying that because like, I love my friend. I, I don't. love my friend. Well, I mean, I, I don't, did, but like, but I, I miss the idea that like, cause it's always fun to like throw new music, talk about new music with, or like to throw a story. I'd be like, Hey, give me a quick read on this. You know, like. I don't have that. I mean, I, I have that with other people, but I don't have it with... And that just... It sucks. But, like, I'm fine. I'll get over it. I'm not drinking because of her. Um, but it, it sucks, because I, I valued that relationship. She didn't become a prostitute because, like, we needed the money. Mm-hmm. You know, most people... Mm-hmm. Most women... Most women... And I know this because I spent five fucking months, four months in Vegas hiding from her and researching this shit like that's all I had to do. Um... Most women turn to prostitution um, because they need the money. Yeah. Either they want to make a lot of money or, or they just need the money. She didn't need the money. She just wanted the thrill of it. I mean, the thing about it is the first time she did was, and she told me this, and this is, you know, this is straight from her mouth, was that a guy in a fucking van on the street <laughs> down by the river offered yeah. off. Yeah, I know offered her a hundred dollars to fuck him in her, va- in his van. And she did. So that says so much about what ultimately became a profession for her was that it's not like she needed the money. It's not like she was a meth head looking for her next score. It's not like she was from in out of town and didn't know what else to do with herself. It's not like she didn't have other skills that she could make saleable in her life. It's that she wanted to fuck a guy in a van for a hundred dollars. And she did. And then that made, and then that became a thing she wanted to do in privacy. She didn't go, she, I mean, yeah. Would we have gotten divorced if she came to me and said, yeah, I, 
I don't know if we'd have gotten divorced if she came to me and said, yeah, I've had a boyfriend for the last year and I fucked a guy in a van and I don't know what to do about it. I think I want to do this. I don't think it would have been different situation. this massive thing. Yeah. It's a no, totally it's, different situation. It's a different kind of heartbreak. Decided, it's a heartbreak, but it's a different she, kind of heartbreak. Yeah. She decided yeah. to keep it a secret and run a, a covert business. That's the thing. For so two it, and a half fucking years. In and the so, email. And, and, in the email that you you sent me screenshots of the email she sent uh-huh. you. One yes, of the things I she did. says is, um, fuck it, I'm just going to read it. Um, yeah, read it. This is in response to the first, like, we're not going to, we're not going to run this, um, whatever. And I thought it was a fair, reasonable email to her. There was no... Yeah, I was... It was, it was, I was, it was not very trying Spock. To... It was very Spock. Yeah, I, I was trying to be Spock, yeah. And she writes, ha ha ha. And now you have censored me, sir. Who says it a love? Who says it's a love letter to Ben to this guy? No imagine whatsoever between the two of you, which is like, dude. Okay. Meanwhile, well, that's your game. I know. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, well, I, I know now. Like I'm seeing it. Like to your point earlier, I'm seeing it. Meanwhile, my safety and privacy are compromised heavily by my quote pro, my prostitute ex-wife and this and my hooker ex that. Well. Again, with all due respect, and I don't know how much respect is due. I got no respect. We're not the ones, or Don, rather, isn't, fuck, maybe I'm guilty of it. I'm sure as fuck guilty of it now. Uh, putting your safety at risk or your privacy compromise because you <laughs> advertised <laughs> sex for money. You advertised your body. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing morally wrong with that. The moral part, all. the moral failure is in is how you the lying. lie to the people you claim to love. Um, yeah. So, look, if anything, we should get a cut because the last five months have been free fucking advertising for you. It's like when you go to a car dealership and you buy a new car and they want to put the license plate frame that has, you know... Um, CarMax. Solozzi Edelson Chevrolet on it. Um, sure. The first thing I do is I take that frame off. My grandfather, this is a great story. My grandfather, like um, some cars, like they put like the name, it'll, you know, Solozzi Edelson, like on, it's like a, 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 a decal, like a decal on the car. And my, they head out of my grandfather's car and he said, can you take that off before I drive it off the lot? And they're like, what? Like, huh, what? Why? And he said, well, I, I'm not going to advertise for you. And they couldn't, they were like, why? He goes, all right, look. If you want to pay me to drive around with your name on my car, that's fine. Or take five thousand dollars off the pay of of the, uh, the the cost of the car, that's fine too. But I'm not giving you free advertising. And my grandfather wasn't an asshole, smug son of a bitch. No, he, like that, I can be. He was. But that's he was fair. a Jewish like, man. Well, no. Why the <laughs> fuck? Why the fuck am I going to drive around with your name on my car? Yeah, promoting you. Like, did well, I have a great experience? And, it's, shut up. No. And I and I take I take your point. I take your point when it comes to uh, to her. You know, the, well, but the like promotion that's the thing. Like, but why, why I, would she? And that's fine. St- but like her saying, I, like my, my, my security is compromised. Being a illegal hooker in Las Vegas. You're kind that of compromised. is compromising yourself. Well, I, I would also say, and my reaction, my reaction to that statement was, oh, your your safety is being compromised. Unlike, Unlike mm, go for it. Yep. My, my safety, my parents' safety, 
um, the safety of your parents <laughs> during a pandemic, because I guarantee you she wasn't your fucking father with a mask on. Your father, who's father immunocompromised. Who's she was here for you know. I mean, it's like That's if you want to if you if you want to cry the safety dance, I got a safety <laughs> dance that you're just not able to dance to. That remains my biggest like head melt off this whole thing. Like, yeah, there's the Dana and I getting divorced. What the fuck? <laughs> head melt. Uh, she's been having an affair with this guy for the last two and a half years. Head melt. Uh, she's a hooker for the last two and a half years. Head melt. During COVID? Like, because my first thing was like, Jesus, like, do you know, like, was she being safe? Like, are you, like, did, did you guys use protection because STDs and all this other stuff? And it was like, wait a minute. Fuck AIDS. Fuck herpes. Fuck hepatitis. Fuck all that other shit. The thing at the peak of the, of the pandemic of COVID-19, when we didn't know if this was going to wipe everybody out or not, like, we didn't know if we were ever going to get a hold on this thing. It was really fucking scary in the beginning. And, and she started she this at the very beginning of it. Like that And for the duration of two and a half absolute years. Absolute yeah. gross irresponsibility for your, yourself and the people you claim to love and that is where I just go. And David, and David, it, I keep going. I keep going back to it, and I know I'm not going to convince you, but when you see the huge, because it is, in my opinion, and maybe not everybody oh. would see it this way, the hugeness, the 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 gigantic, the gargantuanness of her betrayal to everybody in her life. When you see how huge it is, yeah. You cannot read an ounce of remorse in anything she writes because she had two and a half years to feel a little bit of remorse. She feels zero remorse, yeah. not one ounce of remorse, and I don't believe it. And then well, at, if, the the, and, she, at the end of the end, she Maybe the remorse says, that she's feeling is for her high school boyfriends or her college no, boyfriends. She, and, no, okay. she, what she's feeling remorse for, and when I left, when I finally left Vegas, she wanted to see me, and you and I laughed about that, so she wouldn't yeah. give me any of the money she owed me, but she was like, hey, I want to see you. I have gas money for you. I was like, you <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, and I said, no, I don't want to see you before I leave. I just want to get the fuck out of here. And then I, then as I'm driving through Utah at the middle of the night, I went, you know, maybe there, there's something maybe to I could use that gas call. money. <laughs> no. Yeah. We were, no, no. Yeah. Maybe I could. And then, and, and nobody's going to let me give them a hand job for more than five bucks. So come on. But, uh, I called her while I was on the road because I thought, well, maybe there's something to this closure thing. And one of the things I asked her is I said, do you have any regrets? Now, this is an open door. After four months of kind of dealing with this, this is an open door for her to say I re anything. I'm not even looking for an apology. I wanted an honest answer. I got one. Mm -hmm. But I asked her if she had any regrets. And instead of the multitude of regrets she could have said, her regret, her one regret was that she didn't try harder to convince me to stay married with her while she was a prostitute. Her one regret is that you didn't try harder. Exactly. All right. Um, you'll have to excuse me for a moment while I go throw up 37 times. Yeah. Dude. 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 You know, and, and, and so... 
any of her, the, the thing about it is, and that's the thing when you've lived and that's the, you can, you've, you've dealt with the fact that she lied to you and you've dealt with the, the idea that she lied to me, but having been the person for two and a half years that woke up to her every single day yeah. that let her use his car that, that, you know, bought her a phone that she could use that she ended up using for this, that, that never questioned where she was at, never like got a jealous bone in my body, never even assumed anything was going on. The level of lies that I've endured, I've got a built in bullshit detector now with that. And I'm looking at anything she says. And I, I mean, like I said, I read that fucking thing multiple times and I, and I looked at everything she said and I went, I walked away from it going, yeah, this is some dishonest bullshit. This is, this is, this is all dishonest bullshit. Um, I know the thing is true about her mom saying, I don't care. I, my, I, but I don't believe that's what she said. I think probably she said, I don't care. This isn't working. You have to, she probably said more than simply, I don't care. And then slam the fucking door. You know, it's, I'm sure that I know, I know yeah. my, my former mother-in-law, there's no sure, way that's sure, how she did it. I'm sure it was a, a, a horrible moment for a kid. Like I, I get that. I, what I meant by grow up, if she, if she's listening and maybe she is, if she's listening, what I meant by grow up is you're still, still living as if you're 14 years old. Yeah. You're still living your life as if you're 14 years old. And when I said grow up, I meant mature start looking at the world that is not so centered on if you know anybody that's 14 years old then it's all i love him i don't care you're off yeah, against me dude, I mean, romeo and juliet you. this is why romeo and juliet is the dumbest fucking love story ever written because it's about fucking a point, morons a point that you make often about how children teenagers especially are fucking stupid yeah romeo and juliet is the dumbest first of all the families get over your shit grow up Shut the fuck up. Calm down. Secondly, Romeo, Jules, uh, I get it. Hormones, teenagers, uh, but oh my God. Like there, there's a song when I, when I first started working in radio, I can't remember right now who sings it, but there's a song called Just Like Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. It's like a, a like a late state, like post doo-wop doo-wop song. Who the fuck's saying that? Anyway. And I remember thinking, like, this is the dumb... That's a terrible thing to aspire to be. Romeo and Juliet is a terrible thing to aspire to be. It's a terrible... Th- the whole, like, Romeo and Juliet, the Leonardo DiCaprio, Cate uh, Blanchett Romeo movie. Romeo plus, plus Juliet. Right, yeah, Romeo plus Juliet, starring Leonardo version. DiCaprio and Cate Blanchett. That was... Um, no. Was it Cate Blanchett? No. No, it was Claire, Claire Danes. Claire Blanchett. Claire Danes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ione Sky. Yeah, I I never I never saw that I never saw that movie because every fucking kid in my high school was like, oh god. Well, it was mostly girls, but they were all like, oh god. Our girls were very beefy in the south suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, oh yeah, god, yeah. that movie's so good. Oh, I yeah, love they were it. Corn uh, fed, corn fed gals, and they were gals, pre-trans. Yeah. They were pre-trans. They were girls becoming men. So yeah, but you know what? Voice. Our girls' soccer team fucking won football state every year. So. It's because they. It's because they had penises. It's because no. they had penises and balls. But there's, uh. but there's a. It, this 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 reminds me of going back to the Carolyn thing. And you know now years later I can look at Carolyn. Like Carolyn was a rough relationship, but Carolyn and I 
We were 10 years difference in age. I was 23. She was 33. She was my boss for like six months, the first six months of our relationship. I hadn't graduated college yet. You know, like it was... What Carolyn and I should have been was a sneaky work fuck, you know, and that would have been that. But she told me she loved me first and I, I kind of went with it and you know, I did, I mean, I loved Carolyn. I loved her. I, but I knew it wasn't going to work. It couldn't. Uh, but I still fought for it because I was 23 and that's what you do. Um, but there was a point at the end, I hadn't seen her in a couple months and we were at a, it was election time. And I was at a a campaign event for Bob Beers. I don't know if you remember Bobby. He's I don't, I don't know what he's doing I don't. out there. Bobby, he was a Nevada politician. Um, and Carolyn walks in with her new boyfriend, this guy Doug, who was the boyfriend that she moved to Las Vegas with from New Mexico like a decade before. Um, they had started. I don't know if they were dating. I, whatever they were hanging out again. Um, and at the end of the, like, you know, when you break up with somebody like the breakup, it's going to sometimes be like a year long, you know, where it's just like on again, off yeah. again and all that shit. Oh yeah. So, I did like, with Alice. Shit had just been, times. yeah. Like shit was just weird. And Doug was a thing for a while. But anyway, at this, at this event in November, um, it was 06. It was the 06 midterms. And Carolyn walked in and with Doug and I was like, like, fuck, God damn it. But also, I'm fine. Like, I'm over it. But just, like, still, like, oh, God damn it. And she walks up to me. And she's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. How are you? She's like, I'm good. I'm like, great. She goes, can I talk to you? There's some things I really want to say. And oh, I, Jesus. without even thinking, and I look back on it now, and I'm like, oh, my God, David, I'm so proud of you. Because my yeah. instinct, I just, I went, nah, there's nothing to say. We're, yeah. it's, it's fine. We're done. Like, we're done. We're done. Yeah. We're done. We're done. Yeah. And she, I, her face was like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Who is this person? Wh- where did the, I want you to love me, in the parking lot guy go? Who the fuck are you to define me? That exactly. was really the tone. The tone was, wait a minute. You've been my fucking lapdog for seven and a half years, and you decide now yeah. that you're not going to do what I want? And I, it's like, yeah. And you know, I don't think like, that Karen the, was angry I, just want I think to point she was out, just shocked by it. But... Still in yeah. the thing. Karen and I were removed from it. But it's it's yeah. similar. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, he, he, here's the thing. You know, we've talked about this. I mean, the whole point of this this special episode is, like, how dare... Because it was oh. much closer. Like, you and... <laughs> it was angry. Yeah. Wrote a piece. Um, Nobody gets to pink, read it. Pink Data, A Letter to Love... Send it to send it I, to your fucking boyfriend, you piece of shit. I think no, that this don't. is an opportunity. Uh, I think yeah. it's an opportunity for us. We put this behind the paywall. We're an LLC, uh, 501c3. No, we're, no, we're, we're not fi- an LLC. Sorry, L- not we an are LLC. A 501c3. We're a 501c3. Thank you. We're, yeah. And, and we have donors that yes, help support the ape. And we don't make calls for donations. Like, it's a no, sub, it's a sub, sub, sub footer. Like in our newsletters, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think this is an opportunity to say for for five bucks, send us five bucks this month, you know, in the month of November, and we'll send you the story. 
And I'm going to say that we are not going to do that. And I'm going to say, why? Because, uh, if you want to know... Because you hate hate making money? (laughs) No, it's not about you fucking capitalist We're only going to make like Um, 30 bucks. No, it doesn't matter because, you know, honestly, and I can... You said you suggested this before we started recording. I was like, no, 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 no. And you're like, why? What's the problem? I'll tell you what it is. I want... For me to sell access to this piece is like gas money. And I don't fucking want her goddamn gas money. I mean, look, I I don't know if she's working with a pimp, but I'm all in favor of selling her love and her feelings, just like she's been doing for the last three years. So, All right, and you know what I'm going to do so that so that you don't do it? I mean, I'm not going to do it. This is your call. I'm, like, I'm not going to do I'll, it. Because I'll empty the trash here on our website right now. It'll be gone forever. Well, I mean, don't, don't do all that. Or don't you don't don't you try to oh don't you you son of a bitch. What I'm saying is no. <laughs> one of the things here. One of the things that she said. You can in, see by my eyes, and I'm copying and pasting. I know. I can totally see. You're like, oh, you motherfucker! I'm gonna copy and paste it. You cunt. I mean, just, anyway. just wait. Like, wait like five minutes. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Okay, yeah, now you can do on. it. Okay, now you can do it. Uh, but one of the things, one of the last things that that she that she said was that she. What what is it? I get. I gotta find it. The last thing she wrote was after getting snotty and shitty. But the last thing she says, I shall earnestly request you keep my name out of your mouth and essays going forward. And the thing I did, and I did look at this because I thought, oh, because I never intended on writing her name. And I went through every short story. I went through every essay. I went through everything post-divorce, and I never mentioned her name one time. We do on Let the alone cast, her full name. But we do on the Apecast. So from now on, David, you're going to have to go with this. Because I would like to never, ever have a conversation about her again. But if we do, um, we need to come up with uh, a different moniker so that we are not mentioning her specific name on the Apecast. We did it this time. It's the last time. So if this is the last time we're going to have her name in my mouth... What's the name? Uh, after the no. character played by Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. Ah, no, that's too nice. She's a much better character than... Um, we got to find a really nasty whore. Maleficent? Maleficent? Malfeasance? What's the... What's, Can, you know <laughs> what? what you know what? I just, I just realized. You know, what the, you know what the easy way to go? And I think... And you call her what you want to call her. What I will from now on refer to her as... And then she never has to have my her name in my mouth on a public thing. And I'm okay with that because here's the thing that that really spun this into a way that was necessary for me. I've been spending, I've spent the last six months kind of just being sad. Yeah. And, but and, you needed and to, man. You needed to. Well, no. But what I really needed after a certain period was I had to have that fucking Rocky Balboa moment where I went, I have to find my self-respect again. Yeah. And I have to, and I, you know, and, and literally just this experience with this piece and her response, the anger 
Um, and it's not, that's the thing is it's not self-destructive anger. It's not like I'm going to go do something stupid. It's no, not it's like righteous I'm going to go get drunk and beat. It is, I am finally going to, going to stand up for myself and say, fuck you, yeah. you piece of shit. And, and that is exactly how I feel. I feel like, uh, you know, I, th- this thing is one of the things we said in that last conversation on the road in Utah was she said, uh, I know you vilify me. And I said, no, I said, I don't think you're a bad person. I think you're a natural disaster. <laughs> and which is true. But what I know now is, no, no, she's not just a natural disaster because this was all intentional. A hurricane isn't intentional. A fucking wildfire is not something. It just happens. It's just natural. No, no. What she did was intentional. So she is 100% the villain of this story. She is a bad person. And maybe she gets redemption, but not on my fucking watch, and I don't want to know about it. If she goes and redeems herself and finds some dude that thinks it's awesome that she's a prostitute and they live till they're old, rock on. I don't want to know about it. I don't give a shit. She had a chance for redemption with me two and a half years ago, and she decided not to do that. She decided that I was worth so little. Not just as a husband, not just as a husband, but as a human being in the world. Yeah. Yeah. As a human being in the world, I meant so little. I had so little value in the world that this is how she behaved. So no, no, she is she is absolutely the villain of this story. And uh and she will remain so for the rest of my days. Um, I hopefully I hopefully I stop writing about it so much and it just becomes uh sort of an anecdote where I can get people to buy me beers and bars when they talk about how shitty their wives are and I go, Well, let me tell you something. Um well, but. there's, I mean, it, it, it's it's like, it's like my buddy Mark Thomas said. I mean, and this changed my life, and I, I think that we've talked about this. The, again, going back to Carolyn, Carolyn and I were going through a breakup. Mark and I were working a radio together. We were at the top of the stratosphere. We were doing traffic together. It was just the two of us. It was the best job ever. Um, and we talked about everything. You know, and we were. We're just super fucking close every day of the week, you know? Yeah. And he said to me, like, one day you'll wake up and you won't feel anything. And that will be the best feeling in the world when you realize that you're over it. It's a better feeling than falling in love. And he was right. And you said this at the beginning, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to amend it. I'm going to amend it for me because this thing, I know me pretty well. At this point, Christ, I would hope I know me pretty well. Um, the best feeling about this is not feeling nothing. The best feeling in this is feeling fucking fury. Because you know this, and anybody that's known me for longer than five minutes knows this, I am my best version of myself when I'm fucking pissed off. Yeah. That's when I'm that's when I'm at my best. That's when I get the most done in my life. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I have it's not like I'm like, oh Hulk smash. No, there's just that's there's an it. anger burning in there. But of, when yeah. I've got when I've got that fucking fire of I'm really fucking pissed off about something, that's when I do my best writing. That's when I do my best on stage work. It's when I do my best work of any kind. It's when I'm the best friend that I can be. When I'm pissed off, that's when I'm at my best. So I don't want to wake up and feel nothing. I would like to feel this rage 
for the rest of my life because this this was deserving of this rage for the rest of my life. This what she did is absolutely deserving of this rage and uh and I'm happy to have it because what I will never do and I and you know they you know, I make that. I say, oh, I'm never going to get married. I'm never yeah. going to date. Well, yeah, that's bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. We know me. That's why, you know, I'm so, well, I don't know if I'll get married again. But we'll see what all happens I can in five years. Is, I've, I've got a podcast like, ready to play as the best man speech. I know. I know. It was last week's. Um, but what I will say is, you know, while I will get married, maybe, maybe, it's possible I could get married again. It's possible I could have a significant relationship. Um, I will never. I will never unconditionally accept abuse yeah. and hope and hope that it is love because that's all I did with Dana from the fucking very and, and I've looked at it for from the very beginning, I was not I was not her choice. I was not the one. I was not someone that she Which felt is anything fucking anything insane because you got I, married three days after you met or whatever the fuck the math is on four that. Four months, but it was engaged. The thing about it is I she never she I mean and, and that's the thing is I can look at it. She was she was the most I loved her. I mean I loved her yeah, so deeply. You did. But you did. but I, I loved her despite the fact that she was the most abusive person I have ever been with. And I dated a woman who punched me in the fucking face and called the cops on me. So that's saying something that, that Dana is the most abusive person I've ever met. She has damaged me in a way that probably will never repair. Um, but I will fight back. I will. I'm, and, and, and that's one of the things I wrote the piece and it's while I will, I don't know if I'll put it on Substack or I'll put it on the eight, but I'm putting it up somewhere. But that's one of the things that I say is, is, is that for my friends and family, you don't have to keep screaming at the screen saying, get up, fight back, get mad. You don't have to say that. Cause I'm all there. I'm up, I'm weaving and bobbing. I'm like, Bring it on. You cannot fuck me up any more than you have. You don't get to. You're done. I got shit to do. And I'm so filled with righteous goddamn white hot, hot green Hulk anger. Because fuck off. I, I mean, you know. And from this point on, at this podcast on, we will never mention her name. It's, it's just... It's it just it's so ugly, and it oh, yeah. sucks, and it's such a way. I remember when I broke up with the last girl before um, the last serious girl before um, what's <laughs> what's my wife's Katie State State Stacy. <laughs> it's been a long day, um, but I can remember driving in my car like. Like shortly after the breakup, we were, we had, you know we weren't talking anymore. It was like it was over, and I would catch myself in my rearview mirror, my lips tight, you know, my face tight, mm-hmm. and shaking my head in like just ah shame. Like I would just catch myself, be like, oh my god, like it, what a fucking unfortunate bummer, because things were meant to be so good. They looked so good. I've never been. This is disappointment at its absolute best. And the working title of my novel, Hope Idiotic, was Mastering Disappointment. 
because that's what it was to me. Like I was so the disappointment of all all the things at that time were mountainous and yeah. And I, I see so you didn't you didn't exactly you want to know what my revenge is going to be in this situation where all of my anger is going to funnel for the next six months to your penis. You're going to beat the shit out of you. You're going to punch clown until it bleeds blood from no no. If she doesn't like having me tell the story, she's really going to hate this fucking book I'm writing. Well, then you know what? She don't have to read it. I'm No, she'll definitely read it. I'll send her a personal it. fucking copy. Don't do that. No, um, don't do that. I don't know where she lives, so how would I know? I don't even know where she's living. I don't care. You don't do that. You do not engage. Let them come to whatever you just put out there for she'll, the rest of the world. Trust me. Trust me. She's going to read it because she can't help herself because she's such a goddamn narcissist. She can't help herself. She's got to read it to find out what I said about her. And that's fine. I'm glad for her to do it. But uh, yeah, my all my rage for now is going to go right into my typewriter, right into my, my keyboard. And that book is going to be, uh, it's going to be a fucking barn burner. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and because and, it, you know, that reminds me... All you, fucking you, gloves are off. All the gloves are off now. Speaking of burning barns... Yes. Jerry Lee Lewis, the killer, died this week. And if you want to know more about my run-ins with him, check out my book, The Last DJ. Seriously, buy my book and read it. It's a great fucking... It is a good... That chapter is insane. It's a very good story. It's a <laughs> very it's, good story. It's, and... it's very true, although it's fictionalized, but it's very true. Anyway... Yeah, Thank man. You for I, the special, yeah, I, special I, episode. Uh, you know, I just I feel like um, I want this door to be shut. I want I want I, I, I want to I, 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 I don't want to revisit this anymore. Yeah, yeah I, I want to put a nail in this, this coffin. I think it's going to come up in the ways that things in our lives come up normally. You know, like we don't always Jokes. talk about my kid, but my kid's always a thing, right? My marriage is always yeah. a thing. Life is life. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, Let's just go ahead and call it. This is the the end. This is the end of this chapter. And if it if it if it creeps in, they're Easter eggs for, for those yeah, they're paying just attention jo- to canon. This is just you know they're just they're just blowjob jokes. And look, and, if you uh, want if you want to read the story, you can send five dollars. You you can commit five dollars no, to Leonard no, Ape, and I will send right. you a copy no. of the story. Just he don't tell Don because I don't want him to know that I'm doing it. Thank you for your support. We love you, dear listener. We'll speak to you next week. Thank you. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.